0: be seated. Loving God, we pray that you will bless our hearts and minds as once again we turn to you for direction for how we are to live with grateful hearts. Amen. Well, it's that time of the year again. And I have this question for you. Are you caught up in the big to-do countdown before Thanksgiving and Christmas? Well, I have good news and I have bad news. And I'm going to give you the bad news first because then it always gets it over with. Thirty-five. There are thirty-five shopping days left until Christmas. The good news, 399. You have 399 shopping days until Christmas 2007. Now that's something to be thankful for. Next year, I'm going to be ready. Well, as I looked through one of my new magazines, the Ladies' Home Journal, for December, I was pleased to note that they had a number of articles that would tell me how to handle my holiday stress. The article was under the title, Yourself, Stress-Free Shopping, Simple Pleasures, The Season's True Spirit. Two articles highlighted books that are guaranteed to save your sanity during the holidays. The first one is titled, Attitudes of Gratitude, How to Give and Receive Joy Every Day of Your Life. This is what the author says. It is important to be grateful. Why is it important? especially when something's stressing you out or getting you down, when you shine the flashlight of awareness on what's right in your life, you have an entirely different emotional experience. You activate your left prefrontal cortex where your positive feelings reside. (laughs) Don't you feel better now? (laughs) And then the second book. The book of no, 250 ways to say it and mean it and stop people pleasing forever. The key, the author says, is to lower your expectations. Somehow, I don't necessarily feel better hearing what the authors are telling me. So if that wasn't enough, I noticed that in yesterday's Seattle Times, there's an article that gives seven easy rules for hosting 36 guests this Thursday for dinner. What's wrong with these articles? You know, there's nothing actually wrong with them. They can be very helpful to us. But unfortunately, I found what they focus on is totally what I do, not on gratitude to God. So what is it that we're looking for this Thanksgiving or even throughout the holidays? I think what mostly we're looking for is a Norman Rockwell holiday where everything is picture perfect A little like my childhood or so I remember. Everything was done on time. Everything hot to the table on time. The centerpiece was wonderful. The napkins were perfectly folded. Sometimes, though, my Thanksgiving actually looks like this. Yes, I will admit that for the last... For Thanksgivings, I have bought Marie Callender's home in a box. And you know what? It's really, really good. It gives me an opportunity to not spend days in the kitchen. In fact, we set it out and we can enjoy our time together as family. Thank you, Marie Callender. Well, knowing that we're approaching the holidays, I think it's fitting that as we anticipate what lies ahead, we focus our hearts on God and come into this service with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving for God's love. This holiday season, you may find that you're not filled with much gladness and joy. Maybe you're feeling discouraged or lonely, stressed out by too much to do and Too little time to accomplish it. Perhaps this is your first holiday after a bad divorce or a death of a loved one or a disability or a frightening diagnosis from the doctor. Maybe you're concerned or feeling hopeless about your finances or your future. What should you do if that describes you or maybe someone that you know? Well, the psalmist tells us we are to give thanks. Give thanks. You know, I've found that giving thanks is an amazing medicine. When I'm thankful, my worries seem to lessen and suddenly hope abounds. The need to complain seems to disappear as joy grows. Anger is replaced and peace comes into my life. Thanksgiving has a marvelous, healing, soothing effect on the thanksgiver. giver. God asks for our thanksgiving whether we feel like making it or not, whether we're rushed and overwhelmed with life or not. So that we may experience God's goodness, God says, come into my presence with thanksgiving. You know, God doesn't need our thanks. God tells us to give thanks because when we do, we know how much we're loved. Until you become thankful, you never find real joy. And I've learned that being thankful is not telling God I appreciate the fact that my life at the present is not in shambles. If that's the basis for my gratitude, I've discovered I'm on very slippery ground. And most of us know that. We know through experience that life is a mix of happiness and sorrow, laughter and tears, calm and disruption. Yet the psalmist affirms, God is good. One time a friend of mine visited Nigeria and he was telling me that in the congregation he worshiped, the pastor started the worship service by proclaiming, God is good. And the congregation stood and responded with one voice, all the time. And then the pastor said, all the time. And the congregation responded, God is good. What a powerful affirmation. Not just that God is good. You know, that much we already know, but to declare outward and in one voice that all the time and in every circumstance our God is good is a thanksgiving. Truly the words of a grateful heart. Despite Hardships and poverty, disease and famine and war, That church worships God who is good all the time and so can we. Psalm 100 reminds us that God's activity in us, for us, through us, in everything is worthy of our joyful praise and thanksgiving. Eugene Peterson in The Message puts it this way, we are to enter God's house with the password, thank you. Our worship is to be completely focused on gratitude to God and nothing else. The grateful heart recognizes that every good and perfect gift comes from the hand of God. When we really know that, when it really is in our heart, We're humbled. This past birthday, a friend gave me a book titled, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, Important Things to Remember. I don't know about you, but I was raised on Mr. Rogers. And he said these words as he was receiving an award for television's Hall of Fame. I want to have a servant heart because people served me. Someone who made a difference in who I became. And then he looked at the audience and he said, Is there someone who has made a difference in who you've become? Who has helped you love the good that grows within you? Think of some of these people who have loved you and wanted what was best for you in life. Those who encouraged you to become the very best you could be today and then be grateful. And when I read that, I stopped. And I thought, who are those people that God brought into my life who helped me become a grateful person, the person I am today? Three people came to mind. One entered my life 40 years ago. Another event happened 14 years ago. And the third two weeks ago. Miss Teeth was my first grade teacher. Oh, how I loved her. Because of her, I boldly proclaimed at the end of the school year, I'm going to be a teacher too, just like you. After I graduated from college, I decided to visit Miss Tief and thank her for her caring heart for children and how she touched my life. I found her in a nursing home, and as we talked, I thought she had so much to say. I wanted to be sure that I remembered it, so I returned with a cassette recorder, and these are some of her words. She said, my life is titled gratitude living. Naming my blessings reminds me that my every breath should be one of gratitude to God, the giver of my life. I refer to this, she said, as my gratitude bookends. For me, grateful living begins in my waking moments with a thank you to God for the day before me although I admit sometimes it's said with very little enthusiasm. And then I journal my gratitude at the day's end. I've learned when I'm faithful in giving thanks, despair and fear and anger, even my pain is chased away and lessened. And I'm able to see the miracles of God's presence in the times in between my waking and sleeping. Life is a gift. And my mother taught me to always say thank you when I'm given a gift. But Dana, she leaned forward. Remember, saying thank you to God is only one part of gratitude living. The other part is saying thank you to the people around you. Take time each day to thank the people in your life for all they do. Don't miss the chance to say thank you. It opens your heart to more of God's blessings. I'm thankful for Miss Teeth. Fourteen years ago, after breaking his hip, my father, my daddy, had a stroke. And it affected his ability to eat Everything was pureed. It was Thanksgiving Day 1992 when we were at the nursing facility dining table. And Daddy stared at his plate of turkey, potatoes, stuffing peas, and apple pie. And with a twinkle in his eye, he said, It's a good thing they told me what each glob is. (laughs) Okay, Dana, give thanks, I think. As he ate, my dad shared wisdom with me that I would treasure forever because he died one week later. There are four things I know, Dana. As I grow older, I realize that I am less and less certain about some things and more and more certain about others. Here are four things I know for certain. Number one, The Lord is good. Number two, his mercies endure forever. And number three, his faithfulness continues generation to generation from me to you. And number four, I am thankful for the life that I have had. And that began an afternoon of great sharing. Not just the obvious biggies in my dad's life. He survived the depression even though they lost their home and for a time were actually homeless. He survived major surgery. He gave thanks for his wife Ann and for their life together of over 50 years. And he even said, And Dana, it's been a good life with you. But he also talked about the small stuff that gave breadth and depth to his 86 years. My dad loved to swim in the ocean. He loved to play and watch sports. And he had two, three hundred games in bowling. Even in the difficult places of his life, my dad knew this. God has been good to me. I thank God for my dad. And then two weeks ago, a little surprise broke into my day. And it just filled my heart to overflowing. I was asked to bless twin boys and to give God thanks for their lives right after they were born. That's Gabriel and Ethan Lee, grandparents Shinja and Duke Lee are members of our church. And parents Melissa and Charlie are so proud of those children. And needless to say, it was great to hold them. I gave thanks for Gabriel and Ethan. You know, every time, every place we say thank you to God, we worship. During this holiday season, I want to be grateful every day rather than just this Thursday on Thanksgiving Day. I've learned that expressing gratitude shows our faith. It shows we realize where our blessings come from as they did for my dad. Gratitude shows we have faith in God to continue to take care of us as it did for the twins. It shows that we have placed our lives in God's hands and our faith will grow stronger and our life more joyful as it did for Miss Teeth, even though she was blind and in a wheelchair. When we say, thank you, God, we remember that God is sovereign and carries us tenderly, our every need, our every longing lovingly in the palm of his hand. And finally, expressing gratitude shows our love. When we show gratitude, we admit that we never, never take our gifts for granted. It shows we don't take the giver for granted either. God can transform a resentful heart, a bitter heart, a broken heart into a grateful heart. God's goodness. God's love, God's mercy are our blessings. And we, my friends, are deeply, irrevocably loved by the God who created us, who gave us life. That said, I have a little assignment for us. On Thanksgiving, when we're really too numerous to count our blessings, I'd like you to do it anyway. Maybe even write them down. And as you list your thanksgiving, may you see them streaming from the God who is good and whose love endures forever. Remember God's invitation to us. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise and give thanks to him and praise his name. Amen.